Hey, everybody. Uh, that is very kind. Karen is very flattering. That's nice of you, Care. How about that drummer, though, huh? Man, I've not had the privilege of seeing her play drums, but she's really good. I think she's coming for my job. I'm a little nervous. Um, man, what a privilege to be asked to speak this morning. It's really such an honor. If you've never met me, uh, I'm Ryan, like Karen said. This is my wife, Brittany. We've been around here a while. I've been around since Harvest was planted, actually, um, was part of the team that was sent out. And Brett joined um, about 10 years ago when we got married. And it's been a real privilege to serve. And um, I've been on staff, sometimes full-time and part-time right now. And just kind of our lives have ebbed and flowed in how, uh, how we serve the church. But it's just a privilege to get asked to speak while well, Pastor Roy and Christina are on vacation. Pastor, if you're watching online, turn it off. You're on the beach. You should now be watching church. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we hope you're having an awesome time there. And thank you again for the honor of letting us speak. If this is your first time here, I always, when I'm speaking, I always feel like I want to encourage you, please come back next week and get a chance to meet our lead pastor and founding pastor and his wife. Um, they're just amazing. And they have, like, I feel like I often take for granted having pastors that have not just been serving Harvest for years, but decades now. Um, and through the, the good and the difficult and everything that, you know, again, having been on staff and get to be close to Pastor Roy and see how difficult it is, um, I'm just so thankful. Can we just give a hand for Pastor Roy and Christina? Thank you guys so much for serving, and I hope you're having a great vacation. Let's just pray. I want to pray for them and just for this morning before we get started. Oh, God, it's such a privilege to be in your presence with your people. We thank you for what you've already done here. And God, I just ask that you would enable Brittany and I, as we share over the next few minutes, to communicate your heart, what you want us to say to each of us. And God, that we would hear your voice. And God, I just ask right now for Pastor Roy and Christina and Aaron and their family in Mexico, God, that this would just be such a great time of refreshing. And um, God, that they would just feel so blessed and come back ready for the next season of engaging what all that you, and, and just leading the church, God, in what you want to do here, God. So just bless them, give them a great time, and I just pray that as they come back, it would just be launching us into a new season. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So Ryan and I, uh, we have three kids, but um, we have a son, Everest. He's seven now, but a while back, he, uh, he was like, newly six, and I asked him a question that you typically ask kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And he said, you know, some kids say like, astronaut, firefighter, or whatever. Um, he's like, I want to be a rich person. <laughs> Amen. I was like. <laughs> Who doesn't want that, yeah. right? Okay. All right, Everest. Cool. Who cares what I do as long as I'm rich? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I want to be a rich person. So he's like newly six, you know, saying, I want to be a rich person. So um, uh, like, I don't know if that's what his response would be today, but that was a while, uh, a while back. But recently, I was just driving. We were just driving somewhere in the van. I'm driving. He's, he sits all the way in the back of the van. From the back of the van, he goes, out of the blue. We weren't even talking about it. He's like, you know, Mom, I don't think I need to be rich. You know, I, like, what do people do with all that money anyway? I think I just want, like, I just need just a normal amount of money like you and dad. <laughs> and, like, I don't know 
who he was trying to convince in that moment, like <coughs> that he didn't want to be rich anymore. Um, but just like, pfft, you know, kids out of the out of the blue from the back of the van, you know, I don't need to be rich. Um, but that day, like I, I like see, try to seize every, you know, opportunity with our kids to have good conversations and stuff. So from the back, you know, when you're a mom. Amid the screams of raising uh, young kids. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying, like, screaming from the back of the van, you know. But I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this opportunity. This is, is going to be a great conversation. So I was like, um, well, Everest, you know what? Like, uh, being rich, being wealthy, having a lot of money is a really great thing, especially when the right people have a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Right. But I went a little further that day. And we talked from the front of the van to the back of the van about what does it actually mean to him to be rich? What, is it, what does it actually mean to be a rich person? What does it actually mean to have a really good life? And that's what, where, where I led him. Because, yeah, having a bunch of money, that's great. That's awesome, especially when the right people have, the, have a lot of money. Um, but what does it mean to have a rich life, a good life? And, like, what constitutes a rich good life despite all the hard circumstances that will inevitably come in life as we all know, right? Um, but how can we still have at the end of our life be like, I had a rich life, I had a good life. So that's what we're talking about today. Let me read you a verse from Proverbs 24, three through four. This is the amplified version, so there's a few extra things, but I really, really like it. Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We're talking about wisdom today. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> we're talking about wisdom. Now, we're going to read a lot from Proverbs. Now, Proverbs 8.11 says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. And the Bible also says in Proverbs 3, don't let wisdom out of your sight. It's that important. Now, we this past fall, for Ryan's work, uh, he had to go anyway, but we decided to go as a family. It was a huge blessing to be able to go. But we went to Spain, we went to little island, Mallorca. And where we were staying was very quiet and peaceful and just, like, not crowded at all. But we were, Until like... Until our well, kids got there. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... One day on the weekend, we were like, let's go visit a nearby city. So we got on the little tram, and we went on the tram, and we visited this city. We soon found out that was a bad idea. <laughs> it was on a Sunday, and um, it was, I mean, like, packed, like sardines. And you know when you have kids, you're like, nope. <laughs> okay, so we stayed. We visited, like, 800-year-old church, and we did a few things, but we didn't even eat <laughs> because it was like, oh, yeah, this is way too, too packed. So we were trying to get back to the, the, the tram, Ryan had one little one, I had another little one, and Everest is old enough where he doesn't need to be held, he doesn't even need his hand to be held. But I, but I told him, I looked at him, I'm like, hey, dude, you see all these people, it is so busy here, and it's just super, super crowded. Hold on to my shirt, watch me, don't let go. <laughs> and so he just held on to me. I said, don't let me out of your sight. That's basically what this verse is talking about. We're not, wisdom isn't this toddler that we're like, whoa, whoa, gotta try to keep track of. Wisdom is me in that situation, and, and we're Everest holding on. We're holding on and just following. Yeah. And there's just so many distractions of life and things that we face and other perspectives and culture. We're going to talk about all of that. But the idea, you know, to keep in our minds that wisdom is worth pursuing and sometimes difficult to keep our 
eyes on, right? And that's why whether wisdom may be, sound like, hey, like wisdom isn't that kind of boring stuff that we know about. We can all use a reminder or maybe this will be new for you. Um, you know, we're in the middle of a series that Pastor Roy kicked off last week, Relationship Killers, which I, would, I always think is funny. Like, why are we telling you how to kill relationships? But no, I think it's the opposite. Anyways, wisdom may seem a little bit random because, you know, it's obviously a lot more general than just relationships. And last week, if you missed it, Pastor talked about our name, Harvest Christian Fellowship. And it was really cool to kind of, oh yeah, we have a name and why. And fellowship is such a big, important part of that. Um, And so wisdom in the context of this series, again, more general. But my hope is that it can kind of be a backdrop for, for everything that we talk about. To just define wisdom, you know, it's, it's the right use and application of knowledge. Now, how many know we're inundated with information and knowledge these days, right? Everybody's got an opinion on what you should know and what's true and all this information more than we've ever had. But wisdom is something different. It's when we can take all of that and, in, you know, internalize it and metabolize it into something applicable. And so, you know, as we talk about gossip and envy and these different things that can destroy relationships... It's really our ability to take those concepts and apply them to our lives that's so, so, so important. Um, So that's what we want to talk about, and hopefully this becomes helpful through the rest of the series. I think it's Um, fill in the blank. I think the notes are fill in the blank, right? Oh, Oh, boy. Who likes that? Nobody. All right. (laughs) Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, uh, Jesus talks about wisdom, and he says, Therefore, don't worry, I'll go back to the fill in the blank. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So number one, wisdom. Why do we need it? Because it's a solid foundation for our life. And Jesus continues, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine, so two people, they're hearing the same thing, right? There's a difference between them. So the second person hears the same words, but doesn't put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the same rain came, the same streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This is kind of, you know, Jesus is talking to this probably crowd of people. They're all hearing what he's saying. And he's saying, even though you're all hearing the same thing, there's two different groups of people here. Um, and so the encouragement is that our, our ability to not just hear, but to take and apply it is like building a foundation for our lives, something that will withstand the things that we're going to face. We all know that we're going to face difficult circumstances in our life. We're going to face relationship difficulties. Um, We're going to be tempted to give up on relationships and to throw them away. In our disposable culture today, I feel like relationships have become disposable, but a wise person has a foundation whereby a relationship can withstand difficulty and hurt and pain and unforgiveness. Um, And this is kind of a theme throughout the whole Bible, that wisdom is like a foundation for our lives. So why do we need wisdom? It's a foundation for our life. It's also Second fill in the blank, it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's in the Bible everywhere. But I want to just before um, I talk about this point, um, I probably am the only one in this room that finds the Bible overwhelming at times. (laughs) 
I started a one-year Bible reading plan about three years ago, like halfway through it, something Going like that. Going well. <laughs> so, um, Natalie, you laughed way too loud. I could hear you specifically <laughs> laughing at me. You, you heard it too, Graham. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, gosh. Um, yeah, I just, I, I probably am not alone here that the Bible is a gigantic book full of 66 other books. It's a lot of words. It, the, the print is usually really small. It's just big and overwhelming, right? Um, but there are, once you get, once you get around um, people and maybe take the, the, uh, the, the small group that Pastor Roy is doing, Basic Doctrine probably would really, really help. Um, there are ways to break it down. I'm so thankful for that because <laughs> I need that. Um, but it's big and overwhelming, but also it's, it's very, very practical in some ways. And um, the, yeah, hold on a sec. Yes, so the, in your notes, which I'm excited about this, there is a Proverbs reading plan. <laughs> so we put in Proverbs re- reading plan, if you know, uh, just if you know things about the Bible, then this is not gonna come as a surprise. But there are a group of bo- groups of books, there's a group of books in the Bible that are dedicated to wisdom. And primarily, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job. But we just threw in Proverbs because Proverbs is really cool because there's 31 chapters and there's 31 days in a month, right, typically. So if we could all jump in this next month, start today. If you read one chapter of Proverbs a day, you finish it in a month and you are wiser for it, right? (laughs) But Proverbs, I would say, is the easiest book um, of wisdom to read. The other ones, if you get excited and keep going and you read Ecclesiastes next, you may be like, what in the world? Because like the first chapter in Ecclesiastes is everything is meaningless, even wisdom is meaningless. But (laughs) what these three books are three different perspectives of of wisdom. They're really interesting once you get going. But like Proverbs is like the young, wise, optimistic guy. And then Ecclesiastes would be like the middle-aged critic. And then Job would be this old man old wise man who's seen it all and still loves God and trusts God. So it's really, they're both, all three are very beautiful, but we're focusing on Proverbs today. Yeah, and I guess I, in being around church for a long time, something that I feel like I've seen, and in my own life too, is that Christians sometimes seem like they're paralyzed and, and waiting to hear from God sometimes to act. Um, and I know I've done this, and it, sometimes it can become a convenient excuse, like, well, I'm being really spiritual. I'm waiting for a word from the Lord. And I don't want to take away from the value of hearing directly from God. Um, and I also don't want to, like, uh, underestimate how, you know, we want to be honest about how difficult the Bible can be to approach at times. But there's so much he's already said, and there's so much practical things that should guide us. Um, so it, I, I guess to say to challenge myself and all of us, that it's, sometimes it's not a valid excuse to say, well, I'm just waiting to hear from God. He has spoken a lot already, and the Bible can be really, really practical. And, it, it, uh, and even just, just Proverbs, um, it's kind of cool. I, so in my one-year Bible reading plan that I'm halfway through, um, uh, I'm in the middle of Proverbs, and I'm like, this is just so straightforward. And for sure, there's parts of the Bible that I don't get, and they're not straightforward, but there's lots that is. So don't let the parts that are difficult um, cause you to give up. I want to encourage you, like, when you get to the difficult parts, try to get, get through them. And, you know, ask for help and all of that. It's great for us to, to dig in and try to understand, but there's so much practical 
just stuff in the Bible. Um, and I mean, as we talk about the Bible, you know, why do you need wisdom? Well, it's in the Bible. Part of the assumption there is that you believe that the Bible is more than just a book. And if you're here and you don't believe the Bible is anything more than a book, first of all, I love that you're honest with yourself about that. Sometimes I think as Christians, we're like, oh yeah, the Bible's great. But it's like, wait, do we really believe that? Like, does it really affect our lives? And so if you're here and, and it's not, that's, you're in the right spot. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. But I want to kind of encourage you that to dig in deeper, the Bible is something more than just a book. There's something transcendent there. And so then the fact that the Bible says it that fact alone is enough. And I don't necessarily have to understand it. Um, we have a small group that seeds. It's specifically about like, why do we trust the Bible? Why is it more than a book? So um, that's something you can sign up for. If you're kind of like, ah, I'm not so sure, dig in. Um, it's, it's, you know, we get this one life to build on a foundation. And if the Bible's a good one, it's worth knowing that, right? So it's worth finding out. Um, so I wanna encourage you to do that. Yeah, so in the what? Bible. Yeah, so why do we need it? It's a foundation for our life. It's in the Bible. We also have a purpose that depends on it. So raise your hand if you've heard of Joshua from the Bible or it just rings a bell. That guy rings a bell. Raise your hand. Joshua, Joshua, okay. Lots of hands, okay. Now raise your hand, be honest, raise your hand if you've ever heard of Bezalel. Be She's making Bezalel. it <laughs> Bezalel, obviously. Okay, okay. okay. The Bible John. studiers are raising yep. their hands. Okay, Bezalel. Okay, not that many hands. I saw two hands. Now, let me read about these guys real quick. Then Moses said to the Israelites, see, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Next verse, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Two guys, both got their names in the Bible, <laughs> but Joshua, if you know Joshua, he, after Moses, he led the nation of Israel for 40 years. Big job. Bezalel was an artist and a craftsman who designed the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. Pretty neat job too, but two hands <laughs> raised for Bezalel and tons of hands raised for Joshua. One is not very well-known, one super well-known. The point is here, both guys for their jobs, one led a nation, a whole entire nation for 40 years. One, not just, but he designed the, the Ark of the Covenant and everything. These two guys, very different purposes, both needed the spirit of wisdom to do their purpose, right. to accomplish their purpose. So God wants to give us wisdom. He absolutely wants to give us wisdom for our purpose, whether it is owning an online business or teaching children or serving on the host team, flying planes, <laughs> whatever you find yourself doing, being a stay-at-home mom, oh, I'm just that, or whatever you, where, serving food at a fast, fast food restaurant right now, wherever you find yourself, God wants to give us wisdom for our purpose. It's not just like a holding place. It's not like I'm just a stay-at-home mom until I do, until my kids go off and I do something more important. Right now, God wants to give me wisdom for the purpose that he has for me. Right. That's good. Super good. Oh. Oh. Yep. yep. So we have a purpose that depends on <laughs> it. also, next one, it also reveals, it's, oh, this is good. It reveals itself in the quality of our decisions. Mm. We all know the decisions that we make, we make decisions, right? And those decisions make us. 
And the results, the results and the big impact that we all want, that happens through little unseen decisions. Like results and big impact that we would all want. I'm always so, I just, I'm attracted to when a couple is like, they're an older couple and they're not just like tolerating each other. (laughs) They've been married a really long time, but you can tell they like just really like each other. That is the result. That's the Im- big impact. That's what, Nobody sets out, whether you're single or married, nobody sets out, I can't wait to have a terrible marriage. Nobody says that. We, that's what we want, right? Like it, at the end of the day, we've been married for years. We've seen it all. We've been through really hard things, but we just still really like each other. That result didn't just happen. We know that. And so the big results, the things that we all want, a family that's together, all those big things don't just happen. We know it's these little unseen things that lead to the the things that we really want. And I, yeah, I love this verse, Matthew 11, 19. Now, right before Jesus says this, he talks about John the Baptist. And he says, like, John the Baptist came, you know, John the Baptist, he was like a little bit of a freak, you know? He, uh, He came not eating, not drinking, and you called him crazy, but I, the son of God, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. (sighs) Love that. Now, wisdom can be super hard to describe because it's abstract, right? Um, Last summer, I, uh, I was assigned to speak about hope. And I was like, shoot, (laughs) that's like very um, abstract, right? But pop quiz. But the Bible tells us, gives us an object to connect hope to. Does anyone remember? Anchor. The Bible says that- Uh, You're forgiven, Natalie. (laughs) The Bible says hope is like an anchor for our souls. I love when the Bible helps us out a little bit, you know, in that sense. Like, okay, what is hope? It's an anchor for our souls. So we're gonna talk a few things. This is a non-comprehensive list of what wisdom does. So why do we want it? Now, what does it do? What does it do in our lives? This, if you would just walk away with this, this line, I just love this line. Hope does what it will be happy wisdom, with. Wisdom, actually. Yes, wisdom, yeah. You said hope. Huh? Oh, hope, not hope. <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom does what it will be happy with later on. Wisdom does what it will be happy, happy with later on, even if it stinks in the moment. So every other, I'd say every other month, we try to go on a date, and, um, and, Guaranteed, that day that the date is planned, it's like, you know, we're at each other. (laughs) We're we're annoyed. We're frustrated. It's tense. It's like, you know, Um, I'm sure everybody has perfect marriages here, but and we're the only ones. But like, we're just at each other and guaranteed. Like, like a half hour before the our childcare comes, everybody's screaming and like crying. Oh no! And does he have a fever now? And all these things that I, I I think every time we have a date planned, it's like we should just cancel. You know, it's not worth it. We'll save some money anyway. Acting me when no. you say that? <laughs> it's more me. I'm always yeah, like, we just need is. to cancel. So to make sure that was clear. <laughs> so, and I, I'm happy to say we have never canceled because we're like upset with each other or something like that. But there's, it's always like tempting to do that. And, but this is something it's like once we get <laughs> situated and Opa and Oma, ha, usually it's Opa and Oma, um, have come 
and they're there and we leave and we're finally in the car and we're like, oh, right, we love each other. Okay, this is good. <laughs> this is good. That is something like, I think it's just a good example for me. It's something that like, I'm gonna be happy with this later on. In the moment, it's super hard. You got the and the notes and the everything. Make sure everybody's all good to go so we can go. And then, but I, and guaranteed, usually when we have a date night, like our middle child, Luella, she, I mean, every time she's like, why are you leaving me? Like, and it's just like the guilt, you know, and I'm just like, well, mom and dad are our best friends and we need to spend time with each other. I love you. Bye. You know, <laughs> like this, you Luella, gotta... this is why we're leaving you. Yeah, the, this... <laughs> the screaming and yelling. No, we don't say that. We need that. time to think, We you say know? that to each other when we get in the van. <laughs> but it's just like, we want to, we want to cancel, but we, we often say to like, this is good for us, but it's actually good for our kids. This is for the future. <laughs> Even if we just sit and we just go, or we just go through the drive-through of Dairy Queen and get blizzards. Like, this is, this is good. We need this. <laughs> and um, wisdom, uh, Proverbs says in uh, Proverbs 14, people with wisdom give thought to their ways. They're not just like a bull in a china shop. They give thought to their ways. And wisdom, because with someone with wisdom gives thought to their ways because wisdom, and you'll see in their life, wisdom will yield good fruit. Like the result, it yields fruit that we all want. Proverbs 8 says, my fruit, oh, wait until you do the Proverbs reading plan. Proverbs 8 is great. It's like wisdom's call. It's wisdom talking about itself. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. Mm. And Proverbs 19 says, just a little part of it says, wisdom yields patience. If that's the fruit that Proverbs 8 is talking about. Like, don't we all want to be a patient person? That didn't just happen usually for most people. It's these little decisions along the way. So wisdom will yield the good stuff in our life in time. <laughs> Typically in time. Usually we don't see it right away, but that's, I think that's what's hard. I, I mean, for our generation, but I think in our culture, we want things now. Right. But wisdom thinks about what will be, what will come later on. I'm going to think about this right now and, yeah. and think about the future. Yeah, and like talking about in our culture, the, the next point we want to talk about is just that wisdom does stand kind of against or contrary to culture. Um, and if you've ever been, um, this makes me think of like ocean currents. And uh, I remember we were camping at Sandbanks on Lake Ontario and like Brit and Everest get out in the waves. And if you've seen this or experienced this, it seems like a few minutes go by and without realizing it, they're like, you know, hundreds of meters kind of down the beach. Um, and, it, and our culture, our environment is kind of like that, that we don't really realize it, but it influences us so deeply. And whenever we begin to operate in biblical wisdom, a lot of times it feels like contrary. And, uh, and you know, that can look like people being like, you're doing, you know, you're making what decision? Or, you know, like you, maybe financially you don't take on debt? Like this, you know, these things are like just so ingrained in our culture that when we begin to w live with Biblical principles, it feels so contrary. Uh, makes me think of like Noah. M many of us are probably familiar with the story of this guy that built a big boat. Um, and, you know, God tells him to do this, and so that makes it a wise decision. And, but everyone in his culture is making fun of him, and it doesn't make sense to them. And he can't really explain it, right? Like, he's, he's probably like, well, it doesn't really make sense to me either, um, um, but I'm going to trust the principle. And living in wisdom often feels like that. It doesn't make sense to the people around us. We live by wisdom, and there's, a, there's an aspect of faith to living by biblical wisdom, that we're trusting the principle, even if it doesn't make sense to the people around us. 
Um, Dave Ramsey, who um, is, is like a Christian, he does financial peace, and just has some like really good um, biblically-based advice for our finances, and, and if that's something you're interested in, we've done financial peace, and I would encourage you to look into it. But he says, um, to live like no one else, so you can live like no one else. And that's such a, a great way of phrasing the idea that if we live differently now, we will have the opportunity, because of the foundation, to live differently later on. If we prepare the foundation now, right, by, by acting and, and living out what we hear on Sundays, that is a foundation that when the storms come, we're different. We, we can sustain ourselves through those storms. Um, so live like no one else so you can live like no one else. It stands out against culture's expectations. The next one I want to talk about is that wisdom protects us. Uh, and the last one is it lives as far from temptation as possible. I kind of want to tie these together. Um, Proverbs 4, verse 6 says, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Um, so there's this idea where if we live with wise principles, it's like a shield. Um, Several, well, I feel probably more than several decades ago now, I'm getting older, and I'm really bad at remembering how old I was when things happened to me. I'm not sure why that is. Um, but I think I was probably like 16 or 17, um, somewhere in there. And um, there was this kind of group of friends that I hung out with a lot from youth church. Um, we knew each other through church. And uh, there was like two of us guys and these two girls and hung out frequently. And um, uh, one of them had, was at school and had an apartment. We would hang out there sometimes. And I remember this situation. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at the age where I start to make decisions for myself and, and kind of trying to figure out the balance between, like, where do I ask my parents versus making decisions. And, um, and I just remember there was this discussion. I think probably it was, like, I think youth was on Friday, and then there was an event on Saturday. And it was like, let's just kind of crash at this apartment. And, um, and I remember asking my dad and kind of being like, do I, am I asking or letting him know? And just being like, hey, what do you think of this plan? And uh, like, I think even in asking, I'm like, I don't think there's any risk here, let's say, of, of potential compromise in my life. But just asking him, and I remember my dad just saying, I think it's from um, Thessalonians that Paul says, to avoid all appearance of evil. And he's just said, you know, the Bible does say, like, avoid all appearance. And that could look like something. Um, and it could put you, even though it doesn't feel like it, into a compromising situation. And, uh, you know, I took that advice, and, and I didn't, you know, we didn't execute that plan or whatever. Um, and, you know, I just thinking back to that, how that wisdom was like a shield. It protected me from a situation that could have been problematic. And that second point, you know, so wisdom lives as far from temptation as possible. It is intentional about not living at the edge. Um, there's this verse, Proverbs 4, verse 14 to 15, says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. And like the second part is just avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way like... It's like he's screaming, like, 
guys, it's not worth even being close. And, um, and I just think that that's very countercultural. And, and sometimes even in Christianity, there's this sense of like, I can watch that. It's not a problem. Or like, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of alcohol. Or, or I can go to the bar and like, I, I can be a Christian. And those things are true. But we have to be so careful about living close to the edge. A lot of times, it's just not worth it. And, you know, it's whenever, you know, this, this makes me think of maybe the most destructive sins, let's say, that can, like, completely derail your life. And that's true. And, and those aren't the result of usually a single decision, right? Usually that's the result of this slow migration over time. It's like the current in the ocean, right? We didn't end up way down there on the rocks. There's just this slow migration. Then sometimes we wake up and we're like, how did I get here? And, and so it's hard, and it takes intentionality, and it takes distancing ourselves. And, um, you know, so it could be something like that. But sometimes it's just a distraction or time-wasting. I think about, like, apps on my phone, right? Like, sometimes just deleting Instagram. Um, like, we were just talking about this because I, I think January it's kind of popular. Like, oh, I'm going to get off social media, which I, th- I think is super cool. Uh, and sometimes I'm like, you know, fasting social media isn't like fasting food. You won't die if you just don't get back on for the rest of your life. Um, so sometimes that's the best option. But we were talking about like, you know, if, I, if we just delete the Instagram app, you know, you can still get at it through your browser, but it's just inconvenient. It's less convenient. And man, if you can make things that even just derail your time, let alone like Instagram can do a, a lot more. It, it can be great. I'm, I'm not saying there's something inherently wrong with Instagram, but it can do a lot more damage than just waste your time. But even that is worth it sometimes. Um, and, and like our phones, something that I've kind of discovered is like you can limit notifications. You can um, like schedule downtime so that certain apps become inaccessible. There, there are some great tools to make it so that I, I think phones are, for me at least, they're one of the things that can be such a distraction, right? And it's just such a great example of things in our life, maybe movies or shows that, you know what, yes, you could watch. But is it really like, is it safety and, and wisdom would say, if we can distance ourselves, that's a good thing. So we talked about why you want wisdom. Hopefully you have a bit of an idea of what wisdom looks like. So we're going to talk about how you get it. That sounds good, right? How do you get it? So (laughs) first point, read the Bible. And I want to read you this verse. Uh, Since you were at 2 Timothy 3.15, since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise. And that wisdom leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a good verse. The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise, with that wisdom leads to salvation, leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I do, when, when we talk about reading the Bible, I do say, I wanna add, if I have heard so many times, like, hey, I like, really, really struggle with reading or whatever, there are ways, I, under, I understand that, and there are apps, like the Bible app, that you can listen. I listen, too. Um, if I can't sit down and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, I want to like just read this part or something, I'll just click it on, and it'll read it to me, which is awesome. I just want to add that, too. Um, but the Bible also, I love when it talks about itself. <laughs> Psalm 119, 105, it talks about itself in many places, but your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. So God's word is not a crystal ball that tells us, we all know this, that tells us what the future holds. It is a lamp for our feet, which means just step by step, right. little decision, day by day, yeah. moment to moment. That's good. And so 
Next one, how do we get it? Read the Bible. But ask God, listen to these verses. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. This one, if you, this is the amplified version. If you, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame and it will be given to him. And the, and the just regular NLT version is, if you need wisdom, ask God for it, he will give it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simple like that. So who do we get it from? The Lord. I don't know how and, many times, you know, if people ask us, do you need prayer for anything? Yes. Like, that's probably our number one answer is like, uh-huh. just wisdom. <laughs> yep. The, in the first week of this year, actually, I had two people in one week text me and say, hey, Brittany, how can I specifically pray for you? And the first thing that I text them was like, can you just please pray for wisdom? Because life is complicated, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's just full of decisions and full of situations and people relationship situations, and I just like gave a list. I'm like, please pray that I would have wisdom in these areas, (laughs) because life is full of decisions. Um, Yeah, the third one, seek counsel. So if you're like me, you've read the verses, you've asked God, (laughs) and you may have still no idea what to do. Or you do have a feeling or a sense of what you're supposed to do, but you just need a little help. I, I, I'm big on that. Like, oh man, I just need a little, I just need some input. And there is wisdom in that. Look at this verse. For the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Uh, there's a story, I can't remember his name, but there's a story in the, in the Old Testament where, if you know his name, you can shout it out, but he, uh, like, he listened to the, 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 the wise older people and they gave him advice, which he should have followed. And then he listened to like the people his own age and he followed that advice and it just wrecked everything. And like listen to the, the advice of wise people. Yeah, for sure. And I think like it's one thing to go and seek counsel intentionally. Um, but I think it often happens more naturally when it's just the people that we're around. It's the relationships that we've fostered over time. It's the vulnerability that we've had with good, safe people where they're able to understand what we're going through, speak into our lives. Um, again, several years ago, before Brett and I were married, um, during the dark ages is what I call them, um, between when uh, we did an internship together and then shortly after that, I asked her out and she fasted and prayed, and she said no. And, you know, so now we're, we're talking about wise 18. decisions. We're learning wise decisions. Um, but anyways, so there was this period of time, long time, during which, you know, I had this hope that that would change, and um, thank the Lord it did. But I just remember, you know, being around Pastor Roy often, and, like, we still hung out often and went to the same church and saw each other, and I kind of mentioned sort of offhandedly to Pastor Roy, like, hey, I'm going over, she's from the States, I'm going over there and be hanging out. And, and he just made this comment like, hey, you really need to be able to kind of let that go. Um, and it was, so like the context of all this wasn't me like, hey, you know, I still like Brett, what do you think I should do? And asking for advice. It was him being just aware of where I was at, me being vulnerable and honest with it, and then him having this opportunity and being a wise person to say, you know what, probably it's affecting my heart, my focus, all of that, you know. And it was such good advice, and I really think it was a healthy transition for me the years following to say, like, basically, like, God, I'm going to trust you with my future spouse and with 
those relationships and uh, kind of be able to let that go and, and I think enable God to do something in my life that I don't think he could have done had I held on to that almost too tight. Um, so, yeah, like counsel and just being around wise people is such an important thing. So, see counsel, number four, the last one here in this section. It's basically the first. Kind of the first, fear the Lord. Um, and it's the first because Proverbs 9 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the very beginning of wisdom. Or in the Amplified Version, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom. It's starting point and essence. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding and spiritual insight. Uh, a few... <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, Everest, he, he was like, Mom, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, ooh, you know, what's going to come? He's like, I'm kind of scared of God. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, but I, I, I went right for this first. I was like, you know what, bud? That's actually good. There is a level of, it talks about the fear of God. Now that we don't have to be like extremely terrified of him, but there is a way to approach God. And the Bible says the, that wisdom the beginning of that is just fearing God, having a reverence for God. Yeah, and you know, if wisdom is difficult to describe, like we said, God, this infinite being that we cannot see outside of time and space, is like, we, we can't ever fully comprehend God, right? So the Bible gives us all these different kind of illustrations of what God is like, and God is like a loving father, right? Um, and But another illustration that the Bible uses is he's like a consuming fire, <laughs> It's pretty intense. Um, but, you know, fire is, is an interesting illustration because fire can warm us, right? It can give us light. It can provide for us. It can do all these things. But if you mishandle fire, it can do damage as well. Um, it can be lethal. It can be dangerous. And um, it's important to understand these facets of God as well, that there's a way to approach God there's a way to respect and fear and honor God that is instrumental to wisdom. Um, who here has played Minecraft? Little side note here. It's just me. Anyways, me and Everest are big fans of this video game, Minecraft. Um, it's great. But it's like an open world thing. You can kind of build and create and do all these different things. And, and it's funny to watch Everest play Minecraft because he loves to just, you know, like climb up on the biggest thing and like jump off or like set the whole thing on fire. And, and what I realized is, that, you know, there's no implications in the game. Like you can just do whatever, which is great. Um, but, you know, in our walk as Christians, it's so important to recognize implications to our decisions. And I feel like culture again today, it, it feels like the emphasis is like you can kind of do whatever you feel. If you feel in your heart, like just go for it. And that creates this feeling of well, there's not really any implications to what I do. I can kind of just do whatever I want. And the Bible is so clear that that's not the case. And we cannot, you know, if the fear of the Lord, if a right understanding and respect, a healthy understanding of who he is and how to relate to him is the very beginning. We need that in our lives. We need to have a healthy reverence for who he is. Because otherwise there's kind of, there's, there's no um, driving force to apply all the things that we've talked about unless there's implications, right? If there's something so important to it. Um, just again, I was listening to a podcast this week from Pastor Chris Hodges. He's a pastor at Church of the Highlands. 
Um, and he was, it was just an episode on basically how he lives with integrity. And he's like, you know, it's a super ultra mega church, you know, so he's, he's kind of like this big superstar. And I'm always curious, like, um, to me, he comes across as like just doing it right. And, and it's, you, I can't judge his heart, but I was just so interested. Like, how does, how does he keep himself where he can, you know, be honest and reverent before God with all this, you know, success as a church pastor. And so anyways, it's just fascinating. And one of the things he said is, um, he's like, if I don't hear from God in three days, I, like I need to check what's, what's going on. And hear from God can be misinterpreted. Like he doesn't hear this booming voice from heaven every three days, I don't think. But you know what I think, um, and this is, it doesn't happen as much anymore now that we have kids, but during worship, I'll be in the drum cage and there would be these moments where I would catch Britt's eye and she would be out here. And there's just this like, this connection of just like, okay, like we're, we're here. And I think the, the every three day thing for me would be that sense from God of like this kind of nod and smile from across the room of like, okay, we're good. And anyways, it's just, that's, that was really um, convicting for me. <laughs> like would I know if I didn't have that for three days or three weeks or um, and then his co-host asked him, like, so what do you do, like, if that happens? And he goes, I repent. And I was like, oh, man, like, that's intense, you know? Like, his first reaction is like, I, and I guess the point being, his, his immediate reaction to feeling like he's not in lockstep with God is, I did something wrong, right? And, and that's, like, just countercultural. Usually it's like, well, it's your fault, or, like, we find a way to shift blame. I know I do, but to take responsibility and man, that's, that is the foundation of all of this. It's, yeah, I know it's, it feels intense and heavy, but there's something that we can build here yeah. that, man, I'm telling you, I'm so excited for where we can be as a result of this. Why don't you stand up? We're going to wrap things up here in a minute. Um, and I hope this has been, you know, practical, helpful, encouraging, maybe with a hint of conviction. That can be good, right? Um, yeah. But what is it, you know, what does it look like today? What are things that we can do different? Um, uh, I often think with a message like this, just creating space to kind of process it, to think about it. How does this apply to you? Um, setting aside, uh, aside time. Um, but it, it may also be as practical as like apps on your phone, things that you watch, relationships that you need to invest in or relationships you need to avoid that are influencing you in a certain way. Like these are practical steps. And I feel like you're married. We just we just had this this conversation. Like, hey, where are you? Like, this is super real. But like, where are you most vulnerable? Like, when are you most vulner most vulnerable? Really? Like, where are you most vulnerable to sin? And we think like these big big sins, which is for sure. But like, sin is sin. <laughs> like, where am I most vulnerable to have a terrible attitude? Where am I most vulnerable to start gossiping? or lean into that or whatever, like talking about that with our spouse is super good. Yeah, it's good. But I mean, it, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus. Let me read yeah. this verse. Oh, I just love this verse. Ephesians 1, 17. I keep asking God, or I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Oh, sorry, no, so that you may have a good career. <laughs> No, <laughs> so that you may have a lot of money like everyone wants. No, I may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I was putting Luella to bed like just a couple of weeks ago and uh, she, 
she, uh, she's like, I only love milk and soothers and you, mom. And just like very dramatically, you know? And I was like, oh, like, do you love dad? Do you love Everest? Do you love Sterling? And I was like, do you love Jesus? When I got to, do you love Jesus? She's like, um, yeah, but I don't really know him. It was just like so great. And I was like, oh, like I don't, that doesn't worry me at three, you know? And I'm like, that is totally fine. I'm like, me and dad will help you learn about Jesus. And as you get older, you'll learn about him more as you grow and you learn about him in kids church and all that. But like, right? She's like, I think I do. I just don't know him. The first step to even knowing him is receiving the gift of salvation, right? And it is a gift. Oh, thank God. It's nothing that we earn or deserve this morning or when, whenever, if you are, if you did already accept Jesus into your life, it is nothing you earned or deserved, right? It's a gift that we take. Um, so we wanna create an opportunity every Sunday to pray for you for online. So if there are no hands that go up in the room, we're still gonna pray just in case there's people online. Um, yeah, because it starts with a relationship with Jesus. Now what we're talking about, it feels like intense and all that, but Yes, we approach God with a reverence and an awe, and there is a, 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 an aspect of having fear of the Lord, but he is also really good yeah. and really kind and really loving, and that's who we meet and we, who we can accept today, the gift of what Jesus did for us. So let's bow our heads. If there is anyone, I'll just count to three, if there's anyone who's like, I want that, I wanna start a journey with Jesus, it is the best decision you will ever, ever make. February is a precious month in my life. It's our anniversary, but also it is the anniversary for me of following Jesus. So it has been exactly 20 years now, um, this February of, of since I really rededicated my life at 15 and, and followed Jesus. And uh, through the good and the bad, right? He's always been faithful. He's always proven himself to be faithful. So I'll count to three. Raise your hand if you wanna accept Jesus this morning. It is a good day to do that, right? <laughs> so one, two, three. If you wanna accept Jesus this morning, we're gonna pray, even if there's no hands this morning. Okay, repeat after me, just in case there's people online watching. Dear Jesus, thank you for being compassionate and gracious to me. I can't earn my own salvation, and I certainly don't deserve it. I believe you are good, and I believe you died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sin. Give me the spirit of wisdom that I might know you better. Come into my life and make me brand new. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we're just celebrating with you. Yeah. If you're online, you can put it in the comments. We're just going to worship and we'll dismiss in just a moment. Yes. Yeah. 
going to be coming up. If you need prayer for anything, whether it's, you know, related to what we were just talking about or there's physical healing you're believing God for, just anything else, please come. They would love nothing more than to pray for you. Um, If you did pray that prayer for the first time or if you're just new here and looking for more information, uh, just find someone in a black shirt with a logo on it on, on your way out. They would love to just give you a Bible and celebrate with you, give you more information on how you can continue the journey that you've started today. Um, God, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, God. And I, I'm so overwhelmed by the plans that you have for our lives, God, that are more than we could ever imagine, God. And so I just pray that you would enable us, God, to, to begin to build, um, whether it's for the first time or for, or for a fresh or patching up the cracks in the foundation, God, um, something that will sustain what you want to do in our lives, God, that will prepare us for all you want to do. You want to use us in such incredible ways, God, and we want to be ready to receive and to walk out all that you have for us, God. Thank you for your goodness. I just pray you bless us this week. Continue to bless Pastor Roy and Christina in Mexico. Bring them home safely. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great week, everyone.